John Joseph. John Joseph is a pastor, teacher, and an evangelist of God's world. He's the father of Ragwest Chapel, a thriving church in the heart of Lagos, Nigeria. Be blessed as you listen to this message. If you believe we have victory in the name of Jesus, say with me, I have the victory. I have a victory. And through the blood of Jesus, through the blood of Jesus, and through the name of Jesus, and through the name of Jesus, I have the victory. I have a victory. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, we thank you for victory that we have through the name and the precious blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And in this service, we are proclaiming more victory as we serve you the more in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you because every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. Now I pray, Father, that none of us shall return without being impacted by your power today. Amen. Both who are watching online at the various viewing centers and those who are here right now, Lord, let your power flow into the life of your people that none of us shall go without an encounter with you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Shout the louder. Amen, somebody. Amen. Put those hands together for Jesus. Oh, now why are you so much in a hurry to sit down? Now I want you to check at least 10 people say today is your day for an encounter with Jesus. Check at least 20, 10 people. Today is your day at the viewing centers too. Shake somebody. Today is your day of an encounter with Jesus. Oh yes, today is your day of an encounter with Jesus. Are you excited that today is your day of an encounter with Jesus? Beautiful. Oh, I said, why are you sitting only to sit down? Now, I don't know the last time you really sat on your enemies and your enemies felt that you sat on them. Alright, so as you're about to sit, I want you to sit majestically in such a way that after you sit, your enemy will never rise again. No, so can you sit in such a way that when you sit, your enemies will not rise again? Alright, can you please be seated? Aha! I see some people also shifting as they are sitting down. They don't want that enemy to ever rise again. Your enemy should not rise again after today. Shout amen. Glory be to God. All right. I'm going to, we are still on the part one B right now of how to receive a miracle from God. How to receive a miracle. How to receive a miracle. This is now part 1B. Next week, Sunday, by the grace of God, I will be in the part 2 of this series. Because it is a series that's going to help usher you and I into new realms of testimonies which you deserve this year. I said you are going to have more testimonies this year. I see you having more testimonies this year. Matthew chapter 7 from verse 7. Matthew chapter 7 from verse 7. What does it say? Ask and it shall be given to you. 
You can say the word pray and you shall, it shall be given to you. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Amen. Now, one of the things I want you to know is this. Most Christians know how to pray, but they don't know how to receive. The same way we pray, there is an art into receiving from God. So I've heard people say, but I've been praying about this for a long time. I'm believing God for this. I'm praying for this. I'm praying for this. And yet, it's like the more we pray, the less we receive. The more we pray, the more we are not seeing testimony. The reason for this is that we should not only know how to pray, but we should know how to also what? Receive. Now, there is a posture to pray. And there's a posture you must have when you are going to receive. In the realm of the spirit, there are spiritual postures that shows that yes, this thing you have been praying for, you are now preparing or you are prepared to receive. So you hear and unfortunately also, most of the teachings have been on prayer, 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 prayer. Fasting, fasting, prayer, we fight, we pray. But yet, we have had less teaching on receiving. And I think for most of us, it's no longer about praying. Now, what we want to know is, how do we receive from God? How do we get the answers to the prayers we have been praying? How many of you agree that that is what we need to know now? Because for us, we have been taught on prayers for so long. We know how to pray. And we've prayed for longer hours, long prayer. We pray in the morning. We pray midnight prayer. We pray in the afternoon prayer. We pray in the morning. We do all manners of prayer. But how do we receive? How do we get those prayers to be answered? So between now, today that I'm starting this series, I want you to, you see, have a mindset that you are going to put to use what you are going to learn. Because you have been a Christian for some time and you should have more testimonies of things that God has done for you. So this is going to rock your boat a bit because some of the things may be new to us. Because like I said, there have been less teaching on receiving from God. How to receive from God. How to make your prayer get answered. Now, do you know that when a child wants to be carried, the child has developed a mindset on what to do to make you carry him or her. And if that child don't do that, most of the time the child is left uncarried. Do you agree with me? Now, how many those of you who have children or those of you who have seen children around realize that when they want something, they change their mood. From a particular mood to a particular mood. And you as a mother can only ignore them for some few minutes. After some time, you have to give them attention. Am I right or wrong? Now, what are we called? Are we not called children of God? No, are we not called children of God? Now, when we also pray, 
what do we say? Our what? Our what? So that means, as children of God too, whenever we want answers to prayers, there has to be postures. We must engage in deliberately that can make our fathers say, oh boy, wait till you. Wait till now. Oh yeah, take, 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 take. So that I can have my peace. This is what I'm about to teach us. Those postures we need to always engage in. Let it be. A lot of time, our son knows our love language. If not for me, sometimes, the boy knows how to remove the mother that even in this cell, the boy can make the mother to stand up against her will. Even me, the pastor, cannot make her stand up. The boy can make... All the boy needs to do... I remember when she resumed here the first Sunday. She disappeared during the service. I said, what happened? She said, Joshua. I said, why? The guy was doing something that can... Even though she was here, her mind was no longer here. You know, don't underestimate children who... From three months, they have tricks in their hands. Oh, you, you, you don't believe what I'm saying. Six months, they have tricks in their hands. They know what to do. It's inborn. By the time they change the level of their cry, there are some cry that can make you say, your own is too much. Go. There are some cry that can make you say, what do you want? And there's some kind that can make you leave even the food you are cooking and rush to them. Mothers, at least, mothers know what I'm saying. Am I right or wrong? Their cry as soprano, it has levels. And sometimes they employ those things to get results. As children of God, too, what we must now know and learn is how to relate with our Father. To get things done. So I want you to enjoy this series, number one. Learn from this series. Now, another thing I would like you to do as I begin to teach this series is this. Don't listen because you know. Listen because you want to learn. Recently, um, there was something that um, I, was, I was showing to my wife. And she said to me, do you know we learned this thing in school? But when we're learning in school, we're learning all because we want to just finish school or because of exam. So a lot of things, the day you graduated from school, you drop them. But most of those things are actually applicable to real life. Take physics student, for instance. And if truly you are a good physics student, you should be a good battery charger. Every physics student should not have problem charging it. Knowing that because one of the major things they will teach you in physics is to understand polarity, cells, and all those things. Negative, positive, this and that. They, in fact, most of the questions in physics, you will see them putting all those current things, they will draw it, but the only thing on our mind was just, what heck, pass the exam. But we are not able to now relate it to real life. The same thing can happen to a believer. That you can be coming to church week in, week out. You are just coming because it's Sunday. But when you go out there and you see the real thing, everything you've learned, you forget it. That is not how it's supposed to be. So today, as we begin to teach this series, it is my prayer that everything you are going to learn will be practically useful for your life and taking your spiritual level, spiritual life to the next height in the name of Jesus. Now, are you ready now? Now, lift up your right and say, Father, help me to receive 
and to put to use the knowledge I will receive today. Say, say, Father, help me to receive that which you are going to teach to me and help me to put them to use in Jesus' name. Can I have a louder amen, somebody? Now, receiving from the Lord. There are two realms. The realms of asking and the realm of receiving. Both realms have their requirements. When you pray, the posture and that realm has some things that are required. After you pray, when you want to also receive from God, there are some requirements that you must put to use. Are you with me? Are you sure you are with me? Good. I will start with a story of a man called Bartimaeus. In the book of Luke, chapter 18, verse 35. Luke 18, 35. And it came to pass that as he was come nigh unto Jer Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. Verse 36. And hearing the multitude pass by, look at it now, he asked, underline the word, he asked what it meant. His prayer started. He asked what it meant. Verse 37. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passed by. Verse 38. He cried. He asked, he cried, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 39. And they which went before rebuked, and that he should hold his peace, again, look at it, but he cried. So you've seen asking, you've seen crying, crying, which is a form of asking, but he cried. Now, this is the third time he's crying or asking. He cried. So much the more. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 40. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. Now look at now. This is now the story has shifted now from the realm of asking. Now we have now entered into the realm of receiving. I want to look at it from that story now. The first part of the story was asking, was crying. Now he has now got into the realm of receiving. The answer to his prayer. So look at what happened here. So Jesus stood, verse 40 again, and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come near, he asked him. It's not Bartimaeus that is talking now. This is Jesus. He asked him, saying, What will thou that I should do unto thee? What a question. Blindness is something that is not hidden. Everybody can see it, right or wrong. The first area in Bartimaeus' life, he was asking, he was crying. Now, it's time to receive. And Jesus looked at a blind man and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? 
as a layman should have had, but you saw that he was blind. You saw that this man was doing like this. And he came before you. He came before you. And you are still asking him, what do you want me to do for you? Do you know that this is one of the faiths in receiving, but most of us don't know that it happens to us? That whatever you are praying for, there is a period in, that you have to answer that question. What do you want me to do for you? God asks us that question. And oftentimes, a lot of us fail at that point. And uh, I'm going to tell you how to identify that period or when you enter that period, how to know and what to do. So the first thing, Jesus was asking a blind man, conspicuously blind, blind man that is so serious, I said, what do you want me to do for you? Now, look at it now. Verse what are we? Verse what are we? We have moved from 40, so you are not following. We've moved from 40, so verse what are we? Are you sure? But I thought it's 42. I just read 41. So you are not following. Check again. Verse what are we? So we've started writing our own exam now, you see. 41 or 42? Okay, so let's do 41. Saying, what will thou that I should do unto thee? And he said, Lord, Lord, what did he say? Lord, what did he say? Now, do you realize that what he is saying now is different from what he said earlier? He knows he has stopped. Something has changed in the way Zacchaeus, Bartimaeus was talking. To show you that he has now moved from asking mode to receiving mode. This was the man some few minutes ago that was praying. Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Now, he appeared again before God. Remember that he, he, he was before Jesus when he was praying the other time. Now, still before the same Jesus, he's now changing the way he talks. Now, instead of continuing to say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. What is he saying now? What is he saying now? Remember that the problem is still there. The blindness is still there. What has changed is the way he's talking. The problem has not been solved. The first one was the prayer mode. Lord, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. He heard that God has heard his cry. And that he said, come to me. The moment he heard that Jesus said, come to me. Before the same Jesus, he stopped saying, thou son of David, thou son of David, have mercy on me. To, I want to, I, 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 want, my, I want to receive my sight. 
The first realm, he never. Look at it again. Let's go back. No, no. I want you to look less. I don't want to miss this important narration. Two aspects of a prayer life. Look at it. Now let's look at it again. Everybody, are you ready to follow again? Let's start from verse 36. And hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passed by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Prayer. And they which went rebuked him that he should hold his peace. But he cried so much the more. He continued to pray about the same subject. Now, look at what he was praying again. He said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He was praying. But verse 40 then said, Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come here, he asked him, saying, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And he said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Is that what he said? Is that what he said? So rule number one, you must know when to change your language if you want to receive from God. You must know when to change your language. There is a period to keep asking and there is a period to confess that you are receiving. Even though the problem is still there. The blindness has not been taken away. But his confession has changed. The first problem with most Christians when it comes to not receiving from God, which is, I'm going to talk, when it comes to operating in this two realm, is that they keep saying the same, have mercy on me. That's what of David. Lord, give me this. Lord, Lord. And for two years, three years, you keep saying the same thing. And you have never moved to receiving mode. You cannot put a car on in park and be pressing accelerator at the same time and expect the car to move. If you are praying the same prayer, you cannot run and be sleeping at the same time. You cannot be asking and be receiving. Some, the language of the two are different. There is a language that is meant for prayer, asking, and there is a language that is meant for receiving. If you don't switch to that language of receiving, the same problem can be there for years and not change. You can fast, you can praise, you can dance, you can do anything, but if you are still in the mode of asking. Is somebody with me? Victory comes when you get to that point and you know that now it's time for me to receive what I'm asking. Whenever I want to pray for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, baptism in, in the Holy Spirit is one of the simple things to do, but people forget to this same principle. For instance, if somebody comes and says, please pray for me to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want to, with the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. If you don't understand those two modes, you just keep praying. If, when I became born again, that was my first problem. They taught me on how to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And um, I got to the class where I was taught. When it was time to pray, I was praying. And the man who was leading the prayer sensed could see the glory of God around me. And he said, brother, the Holy Spirit is on you. Now, receive it. Speak in tongues. Oh, I got angry. 
So waiting. Tongue never comes to me and speak. I refuse to speak. What can I, and you know, and I never spoke in tongues. Do you know that when I got back home, I was praying on my own. Then, as I was praying, the thing just began to come. I could not stop it. Then I realized that man was right all along. But the problem is that I did not know how to receive. Let's learn something from Bartimaeus' story again. And Jesus stood and commanded, verse what are we now? Verse what? Verse 2, good. Verse 2 says, and Jesus said unto him, receive what? Receive what? Who received it first? Who first mentioned the word receive? Jesus or Bartimaeus? Jesus or Bartimaeus? Now, if you don't receive first, hear what I'm about to say. If you don't receive, you cannot get answer. God only stamps what you have received. Until you believe you have received, you cannot have it. We are going to dig more into this, but I just want to show you these two realms. So you will see the word receive here more than once. Said that I may receive my sight. Jesus said, receive your sight. And one more time, you will see it in verse 42 again. And Jesus said unto him, receive thy sight. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Verse 43. And immediately he received his sight. Now, even though Jesus said, receive your sight, until he too again received it, it never manifested. Is somebody with me this morning? You are receiving your miracle. This is your season for answered prayer. Everything you have been believing God for, that you are yet to receive the answer, this is not the season for you to receive the answer. Lift up your hand and say, I receive my answer. Oh, somebody lift your hand and say, in the name of Jesus, I receive answer to my prayer. Oh, shout it and say, in the name of Jesus, I receive answers to my prayers. Hallelujah. It is time some of you have prayed in love. You have prayed enough and you have prayed a lot. It is time to switch to receiving mode. That is what is left for you. And God is just waiting on you to stretch your hand and begin to receive. But yet you are still there praying and praying and praying and praying. When will you start receiving? Now, before we then, I, I teach you steps to receiving. Because you can, there are practical steps to receiving from God that you need to take. I want to talk to you about barriers, hindrances to receiving from God. Things that can prevent you from receiving from God. Miracle healings, there are things that can prevent you, hinder you from receiving from God. Now, when we deal with this barrier today, this communion Sunday, I will touch one or two. 
we'll take our communion, we'll pray. Next week, Sunday, then we're going to take practical steps to receive it. Now, when we take practical steps to receive even before next Sunday, some of you have started receiving already. Because some of you now, the Holy Spirit has been ministering to you even before I started doing the ministration. The Holy Spirit cannot wait till next Sunday. Today is your own day. I said, today is your day. Hallelujah. Say, today is my day. I can't wait till next Sunday. Hallelujah. Barrier number one, ignorance. Isaiah 5 verse 13. Therefore my people have gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. And their honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. Ignorant. They've gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. Hosea 4 verse 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So you see that ignorance makes a man captive. Ignorance takes a man leads to the destruction of a man. So the first hindrance or the first barrier to receive from God is ignorance. And do you know why? Because with ignorance, you have what you are praying for, but you don't even know that you have it. So that ignorance will make the answer to your prayer pass in front of you, but you will never recognize it as the answer. Because you do not have the knowledge of what you are praying for. Do you realize that when you don't know where you are going, the journey becomes far? How many of you have been duped by, permit me now, unscrupulous Okada men before? That you say, oh, I'm going to that place, and the place is not far. But because you don't know where you are going, you enter this bike, or the taxi, or not only Okada, even taxi does it, and the person then carries you on a tour of Lagos states. Now, finally, you get to that place and you are still thanking him. Thank you, thank you, my brother. And you don't know he's your enemy. You pay him the amount only for you to finish with your friend or where you go. And the person just says, We can go to the bus. I say, Which bus stop? Which bus stop? That is what happens with ignorance. Ignorance, ignorance makes life difficult, ignorance leads to frustration. Ignorance is one of the major problems among Christians. I shared in the first service. I took a survey of some of the people I know that are believing God for financial breakthrough. And one after the other, out of about 10 of them, only one had read a book on financial management the whole year. And yet they are saying that they are believing God for financial breakthrough. Because do you know sometimes the problem of most people is not more money. The problem of most people is to stop wastage. They are wasting. They don't know how to block the waste. The first step to becoming rich is to know how to stop wasting your life. It's called the art of frugality. Cut waste. Cut waste. That's for another day. But I've emphasized that in first service enough. Number two is unbelief. Unbelief. In fact, there are different things the Bible likens unbelief to. Number one, it calls unbelief unrighteousness. James chapter 2, verse 23. It says, And the scripture was fulfilled which said, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. So, in other words, when a man is walking in unbelief, God sees the man as a sinner. And a sinner cannot receive from God. The second thing the Bible likens unbelief to is enemy of God. The same scripture we are in James chapter 2 verse 23. 
he says, and he was called the friend of God. Because he believed God. Automatically, the man was called the friend of God. That means if you are walking in unbelief, you are an enemy of God. The third thing the Bible likens unbelief to is instability. James chapter 1 verse 6 to 8 says, But let him ask in faith not wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Verse 8, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So when you go to the Atlantic Ocean and you see the water rolling and coming back, according to the Bible, that's the exact a, a replica of an unbelief. A man who is walking in unbelief. He prays and he takes the answer back. He prays and he takes the answer back. He prays and now he takes his prayer, not his answer. He takes his prayer back. He's the one that is praying. He's the one that wants to answer. He's the one that is doing the praying. He's the one that wants to do the answer. And whenever he's praying and the answer does not agree or what God wants to do does not agree with what is happening around him, he believes that his prayer is not answered. So let's, let's say for instance, this man decided that today I'm believing God to take away my, to heal me of headache. He prays in the name of Jesus. Lord, take away my headache. Let this headache is gone. He has come forward to believe God. Now, after he finished praying, the headache intensifies. The same man who has prayed, then holds his head, ah, I want that, yo. Yeah, 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 I want that, yo. This headache will kill me, oh. This headache is too much, oh. What is happening? He has prayed and he's undoing his prayer himself. And a lot of us are like that, you know. You do agree with me. Because why? After he prayed, he had a symptoms. The symptom says that the headache is not gone. So he too, instead of looking up to Jesus, to God that he has prayed to, he now looks up to the feeling he's having. Do you know, the feeling is just there to test whether you truly believe God. About some weeks ago, about last week, I was having this headache. We all go through that period. This headache started since I woke up through the whole day and I prayed. And the thing I said to myself, I'm not going to use any drug. I came to church for some things that day and the thing is like the headache said, recognize I don't do church. The headache intensified. I got home and I had paracetamol in church. When I got on the bed, do you know what came to my mind? It's not wrong to take paracetamol. You just punish yourself. And I said to myself, it's true. I should have taken that paracetamol. Because now I've prayed. The answer is not coming fast. We, every one of you, we get to that point. So now, look at me now. I began to look for paracetamol in my house. Because see, God is too slow. Since morning, the headache is not going. So I began to look for this paracetamol in my house. But God soon had mercy on me. There was no paracetamol in the house. So I was forced now to stay with my faith. And it was so late in the night. So I just said, I believe God. The headache is gone. And whilst I was confessing, I slept off. Do you know that I woke up the next morning, no traces of that headache at all, at all. Then I understood something. I was actually at the edge 
of my breakthrough. And the devil began to rock my boat. If I had taken that parastamon, when I woke up and had no headache, what, what, what do you think I would have thought was responsible? I would have thought it was what? The parastamon. Meanwhile, God had answered that prayer. But the symptoms were saying to me, nothing has changed. But in the realm of the spirit, something has changed. He just needed me to keep receiving and receiving and receiving and the healing will manifest. Hallelujah! This is where our mind plays game on us. And this is where a lot of people drop at the edge of their breakthrough because the feeling, the symptoms does not agree and does not show any sign that the prayer has been answered. So we too, we just walk on it. But from today, oh, from this very day, you are moving for the, to another level of receiving. Every challenges of your life that has been rocking you like a boat, you are rising above it in the name of Jesus. Some of you, this month is before this month is over, you are coming back with testimony. Within 30 days, you are coming back with testimony because you are rising up with faith. Can I have a ladder? Amen. Number three is unconfessed sin. But we have to receive it. Unconfessed sin. James chapter 5 verse 16 says, Confess your fault one to another. Pray one for another. That ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. Confession of sin is not exposing your sin, but it's asking for help. Because God already knows that you have sinned. No, let me tell you that this part is very important for you to listen to. One of the things that unconfessed sins does is to open the door for evil. Let me talk to some of you married people. Do you know that one of the things that causes answer to prayer in marriage is unconfessed sin. So you have couple A and couple B. They are believing God for a miracle. But both of them have things they are keeping from one another. This one does not know. This one does not know. And they are saying they are believing God. Let me say this to you. They have only put themselves in the realm of darkness. They are joking. Until both of them come and really own up and confess one to another. And open up. They will just keep having that same issue. Why? Because there is dishonesty in between. They can, when there is no agreement, the Spirit of God is not there. So sometimes a lot of issues people are having in marriage, alright, can be traced to that point where there is dishonesty. Now I do understand that sometimes some of you have unreasonable partners. This is where you need God to help you. But do not ever abort unconfessed sin in your life. Number two, I shared, let me give you this example again. I gave it the first service. Brother A came to Christ, God forgives his sin, and he was delivered maybe from masturbation. I, I kept using the word masturbation because that's what came to my mind. After some time, this brother is in Christ now. 
And one or two days, he got his hand, his hand soiled in sin. Maybe at his place of work, he stole something or his boss forgot his money with him. Now he has, t- he has stolen something. He's in sin. Do you know what happened? The masturbation that was cast out of his life, in a, he had, even if it's a sickness, whatever it was, when a demon leaves a place, it does not go forever. He hangs around like this. Waiting like a striker for that opportunity to score the goal. Then, this brother A now, his hands are now soiled in sin. If he does not confess that sin to the Almighty or and sometimes you have to perform what is called restitution. You stole the phone. This phone is not your own. Yet you can ask God for, to forgive you. God has forgiven you, but the phone is still with you. You have to return that phone. The phone is not yours. Now, even though God has forgiven you, there is something called restitution. Especially when the consequence of that action is still affecting those who are concerned. Maybe you lied, for instance, about a woman, and because of that, this woman and her husband has now they have quarreled. Because the husband or the wife believed your story. That home is now in shambles. You, you have now gone to ask God for forgiveness. But you know that the, the seed that you have sown in that marriage is still causing confusion. You don't move on. Such thing does not end with asking God for forgiveness. You need to go back to those who are concerned and tell them the truth. Now, this is what happens with unconfessing. The consequence often has nothing to do with what you start reaping. Or what I, let me say this. The consequence as will have, often does not even relate to what you have done. So what he stole was a phone. Nobody knows he has stole the phone. All of a sudden, he may be there one day. Masturbation has returned to his life back. And this time around, he will be masturbating even worse than he used to masturbate before. This time around, the sickness will just return. Then, he will begin to bind that demon. You demon of masturbation. You demon of cancer. You demon of miscarriage. Live my life. I bind you in the name of Jesus. That demon cannot leave because that demon now has a legitimate ground to fight you. That is what happens with most problems that refuse to go away sometimes. Because they are legitimate problems that have entered into your life because of an unconfessed sin. And do you know the worst part? The worst part is that most of the time we move on and forget them. That is why you need to pray sometime about, you know, when I got to this point, like I said in the first service, I had to pray yesterday. Lord, search me. Is there any unconfessed sin in my heart? And I remember that one particular one. And I had to begin to let go. Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. Because you can never tell what the devil is using to fight you. Especially, listen to me. When is demonic harassment? And you bind that demon. And instead of that demon going, the demon is doing tall. Instead of the thing getting soft, the thing is getting bigger. Watch out. Go and say, ask the Lord to search your life for unconfessed sins. 
You cannot have the devil's property and ask that God will bless you with it. You have to let go of it. Oh, you have to let go of it. It's the truth. But most of the time, most of us don't want to pay that price and we now begin to match it. Parry it. Do this. And things don't get better. You have a choice. Because it's a barrier that will prevent you from receiving from God. Amen, somebody. Why is that so? Proverbs 28 verse 13 says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsake them shall God have mercy. So in other words, it cannot be well with a man with unconfessed sin. He that covereth his sin shall not prosper. Is there Proverbs 28 13? So as you are here, begin to ask the Lord to search your heart. Number four, how many points do you have now? What's the first one? Ignorance. Second one? Third one? The fourth one is unforgiveness. And I, will, I'm, I think I'm just going to quickly touch this so then we'll touch one more point then and we'll, we'll have to pray. Unforgiveness. Look at what unforgiveness does in prayer. Mark chapter 11 verse 25 says, and when ye stand praying, forgive. If ye have ought against any, that your Father which also is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Always watch out for the trap of unforgiveness when you want to receive from God. Now, let me tell you what unforgiveness does for you. Unforgiveness, number one, the Bible says that if you don't forgive, I will not forgive. So, yesterday, Mr. A did something against you and you have hurt, have hurt against him. Do you know that the last forgiveness you received from God, according to the record of God, was that yesterday? From that yesterday, Till the day you let go, you remain a sinner before God. He will no longer forgive your sin. So the only thing I don't sin. Any mistake you make from that day you choose not to forgive, that person remains unforgiven. And God does not answer the prayer of a sinner. Let me tell you one of the major consequences of unforgive, unforgiveness. You find it in, in uh, I think, in the story of Matthew chapter eighteen, verse twenty-two to thirty-five. Now, before we talk about Matthew eighteen, twenty-two to thirty-five, one of the major things that unforgiveness does is that it actually defiles you. And I would liken it to something. Unforgiveness is something small but powerful. When I began to kill chicken in my family. There was one thing they warned me about. Let's check that thing in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. Hebrews 12, 15, they said, Look diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you. Look at it. Bitterness comes up, and the, what the Bible says, unforgiveness will begin to do. Is that all forgiveness will begin to trouble your life? I didn't write the Bible. Say it will spring up 
From that day, you are walking in bitterness. From that day, you are walking in unforgiveness. The Bible says that there is a demon that will come up. And that demon will begin to trouble your life. And what will that demon do? He said, it will then defile you. Now, let me tell you what that defilement was. I told you that this thing, I always remember the chicken rule. When I began to kill chicken in my family, they warned me about a green substance called the bile. I know some of you want it. They put the fear of bile in me so much, they told me that if you are cutting chicken and that bile cuts, it will make the entire chicken bitter. Did they tell you the same thing? You know, I was so afraid of it that till today, I don't know whether it's true or not. I, but anytime I'm cutting chicken, I am, see, I will begin to cut small, small. Because that small green thing inside that chicken called bile, I hear that that liquid will spoil the entire chicken. I mean, chicken, where did they throw? Once, maybe once a year. Maybe only on Christmas day. You now want to allow that small thing to destroy the entire chicken that you may not eat until next year, December. So it will tell you when me I want to call chicken. Ah, I will sit down. Bye. God forbid. So I start. I have never caught one bite because I was so careful. That is how much you should guard your life against bitterness and unforgiveness. It's a bite. Once it bursts, once it burst, it defiles every aspect of your life. It makes it bitter. It will, it will affect your judgment. You will look at the eyes of who you are not supposed to look at with, and you will damn the consequences. You don't care what will ever happen. I've heard people say, over my dead body, and it was indeed over their dead body. It was indeed over their dead body. Death came and killed them because they refused to forgive unforgiveness is like an IOU is legitimate what you are fighting for is right oftentimes most people when they don't forgive they are the ones that are actually right the person they don't forgive is actually the wrong person but look at what the bible says about it in Matthew 18 22 to 35 there was a man that was forgiven the equivalent of that was forgiven the equivalent of 6 million dollars if you calculate it very well go and do your statistics do your bible research Bible research shows that the, what the Bible said that the man was owing about six million dollars and his master forgave him as he was leaving his master's house. He saw somebody that was owing him 18 dollars. He went to arrest the man, carried the load of the man, went to imprison the man so much that when the master heard of what he has done, he said, You must be a wicked person. Unforgiveness does not mean that you are wrong. Unforgiveness, see, is a legitimate thing. The person is wrong. There is no doubt. It's a legitimate IOU. But the Bible says, until you cancel your own IOU, God will not cancel his own IOU. Until you let go and say, I forgive you this debt. I forgive you this debt. God said your own debt will be accumulated. And you know what? Oh your interest rate with God will be higher. Because now you have tasted mercy, but you've chose to look the other way. This is one of the reasons why a lot of people are not receiving answers to their prayer. I told you in first service, when my parents left, separated, I had bitterness against my father. 
But most of the suffering that followed later in my life, when I began to even, it was when I began to research, I realized that I had no business suffering the way I suffered. If I had just learned to forgive my father early. Some of you, you dabble into your parents' business too much. That is why your life is also miserable. When you are not there, when both of them were saying, I love you, I love you. Hey, you think your, your father did not touch your mother before your mother agreed? This is your mother that is looking like Saint Germany. Oh, your mother, your father toasted your mother. Your mother said, well, they were going to Mama Poo, they were going. You are not there. I was not there. Why are you there? I was not there. Tell me I was not there. Before this incident I was about to say to you, I was doing conductor work like no man business. Nothing changed. There was no business I did not do. My level did not change. You see, when, you are, when that defilement sets in, you will do everything that even those who are not working as hard as you will succeed. You will not succeed anymore. Because there is something fighting you. There is something troubling your life. Until you deal with that trouble of your life, which you have the power, nothing can begin to succeed. You will try. That is, why they, that is the era in a man's life. They will boast of so many business, but few accomplishments. I have done this, I have done that, I have done That's why you hear me say, I, I sold pop off. You know, sometimes when I tell you some of the things I've done, you say, only you waiting. Because, you see, I will go and work with bricklayer in the morning as laborer. In the night, I will go and sell more money. When my money was not selling, I will change location from one location to the other. Location cannot solve the problem. All forgiveness is what you need. You can like, like try, travel from here to England. It will still follow you there. Demon does not need visa. Now you need visa. Demon no need visa. Are you with me? I did conductor work. I will work for laborer. I will sell fried meat at the garage. I will hog fish. Even so day, I joined association of Bala to sell kulikuli at Agege. It's even to say your bad boy selling kulikuli with Mala. You know, you don't, you, the, the thing don't reach. You don't reach advanced level. All those kegena, nawani, all those ones. It's, it's kulikuli that made me know it. But that day came when God was going to show me mercy. At around 1 a.m., I was studying my Bible in the night. I got to Luke chapter 15 and I got across that story. When the prodigal son said, I will arise and go to my father's house. And the Holy Spirit said to me, go and look for your father now. Wake up, Wake up, God will not argue with you. You think fasting and prayer is what will solve it? Keep fasting and praying. When you are really ready, you come back to the formula of God. Finally, I obeyed. I didn't even know how to get my father. But the, to cut the last story short, I got to him by the way he was. I got to him. He was on the sick bed then. Sick. I prayed. I destroyed the IOU. Maybe $20 or $50 IOU. I destroyed it. I let go. This is IOU. I owe him. I let go. My father hugged me. He prayed for me. And we let. Do you know that in less than one year, my life changed? Honestly speaking, in less than one, in fact, I was doing washerman or dry cleaning job. All those rubbish lifestyle. That was when the next level, that was what took me to learn computer. That was what, that, that just that. For, so when you look 
at it, I was just, I thought I was suffering him, but I was actually suffering myself the more. Do you know the amazing thing about all forgiveness? The person you have not forgiven is moving around playing. You are there frowning. And the person sometimes, some of them, some of them will have dropped the bomb and they have moved on. You, you are still. And now, at age 20, you are looking like a 40 year old person. Because everything about your life is sad. It's time to release. Destroy that I owe you. How do you enter into the realm of forgiveness? Because this is where I want to stop today. We'll continue. I'm not in a rush. Number one step to forgiving is that always tell yourself that you stand more to lose than you gain when you don't forgive. When you come to that realization, you must, are you ready to accept the loss of what you stand to lose than you gain? I always tell yourself that truth. Number two is that forgiveness is not an easy thing. You need the help of the Lord. Oh, you need the help of the Lord. The problem is that we want to forgive and forget. Forget about forgetting. Just forgive and leave the forgetting to God. I have never tried to forget, but I forget anyway. Because when you really forgive, forgetting will set in. You don't think I forgive and forget. I, I don't say that I forgive. You can say that I don't mind, but listen, there are some forgetting that takes time. But the thing this time around that the bitterness is what listen. When you can never forget until the bitterness leaves. And that is why you need to allow the blood of Jesus to remove bitterness. There are times you need to go before the Lord and just pray that the Lord is owing me. Is I owe you is true. And God will agree to you. I know that he did the wrong thing. But right now, nail it to the cross. Sometimes you even have to say, Mr. Jesus and so in the name of Jesus, I forgive. Now, when you come to that point, the first thing is realize that you have more to lose. The next thing is that ask the Lord to help you. Never try to forgive by your flesh. Do you know why? Because the next day, if the person repeats the same thing, oh, no, 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 no. You will carry the one of 20 years ago, plus the one of last year, plus the one, and you match all of them together, and now, so you are, I don't know if you realize it happens a lot. It's just you're not forgiving. So, you just, I will never take it for you anymore. You did it yesterday, did it for yesterday. No, blah, 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 now, enough is enough. Because you thought you, well, I thought you forgive yesterday. So it shows, that is why I said, always ask the Lord to help you. And how do you do that? You come before the Lord. Lord, I am hurt. He spoke to me the way you ought not to speak. He has done or she has done what she ought not to do. I am pained right now. Naturally, Lord, I will love not to forgive. If I can kill him, I will kill him. Be real. Oh, pour that feeling before God. Be real. The problem when most of us want to forgive is that we come before God speaking too many grammar. If now you be a quiet one, Abasi, Abasi, Sora, Sora, and you start all those, Sora, say the thing the way you feel. Who else should understand you if not God? Be real. Be real. Sometimes, before God, you can even carry a pillow. And slap the pillow and slap the pillow. Why do you sit there like this? Sit there. Slap the pillow. It's better than slapping him. After you finish venting your anger, Lord, now let the blood of Jesus wash this bitterness away. Let it cleanse me from every defilement. 
Oh, Jesus, uproot this bitterness from my heart. Now you mention the person's name. Mr. Sososo and so, I forgive you. From the death, always try to mention the person's name. I forgive you. I release you. I let you go. And, you know, when you do that, it works. About last two months, somebody came to this church. One of the people that have, that have, have worked with me for a long time. And he needed my help. And um, I was trying to help him. And you know what he said? He said, but please, hope you have forgotten what I did the other day. Hope you have forgiven me. And I was too embarrassed to ask him, what did you do? Because he may think that I have amnesia. But between you and I, honestly, I cannot even remember what the guy did. He was still remembering me. I forgot. Because I will not let somebody now turn me to a trekker. Or allow a demon to kill my to do something or kill my children or whatever. Because I am not I, no, because the demon you open the door for when you are walking in over again, you cannot control that demon. And you cannot determine the kind of demon. When you leave your house open, you no longer can control who will come into that house. All forgiveness leaves the gate of your life open. You cannot control who will enter anymore. A leader can enter, a chicken can enter, a goat can enter. Why should you risk that? It's too risky. That is why you need the blood of Jesus. Thank God today is communion Sunday. A symbol of the blood. And I see people coming out of this bitterness. I see people coming, being released from this defilement. This thing that is hindering the answer to prayer you are, is being uprooted from your life forever right now in the name of Jesus. How many of you believe that the blood of Jesus can set you free? Stand to your feet and claim your deliverance today. Lift your voice right now and talk to God about whatever is applicable to your life. No power in hell desires to reside in your life. No power of the darkness desires to reign over your life. Right now, talk to God. You need to receive a miracle from God. You need to receive a miracle from God. You need to receive a miracle from God. I want some of you to tear those I owe you right now. Tell them, destroy them by the blood of Jesus. Release them. Let them go. Right now, it is time to receive your own deliverance. Healing is yours. If you will believe, glory be to God. Talk to God right now, somebody. Today is your day for a miracle. Unbelief is living. Confess every sin. Make up your mind to do restitution where it's necessary. Release. Let go. Let go of the pain of the bruise. Release. It's time for you to move on and be happy. You deserve to be happy. You deserve to be happy. You don't deserve to live in bitter life. Thank your God today. Thank you, Jesus. Oh. As a blood of tears to cleanse you from every unconfessing. As the Lord, Lord expose every unconfessing that is troubling my life. Every unconfessing that is hindering you from using me. Expose them by your blood. 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 Release people that you are holding captive in your heart. Believe God regardless of the symptoms. 
first time that he has answered your prayer everywhere you are this morning talk to God time when you see whatever God has delivered you from coming back to your life is because a door has been opened. Maybe a door of unconfessing, door of unbelief, or door of unforgiveness. But it's not a normal thing for you to see your life moving in circle and you see things that you have been delivered from now coming back. Pray Lord every gate that I've left open reveal them to me right now Lord whatever it is that, has, that is troubling my life oh God open my eyes to it now I'm ready for a change I'm ready for a turnaround. somebody lift your voice and just talk to God hidden sins unconfessed sins unforgiveness unbelief whatever it is that is leading to the trouble of my life Lord, expose them in your mercy. Expose them in your mercy. Expose them in your mercy. You have stayed long enough at this level. Your effort ought to have yielded more result right now. Talk to God. Talk to God. Expose them, Lord. Expose them with your mercy. Every disease of my life. Expose them with your mercy, Lord. Lord, excuse me. Excuse them, oh Lord. Excuse them, oh Lord. Every evil seas of my life. Lord, I ask the Lord that you expose them, oh Lord. Let them in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. There are two groups of people I would like to pray for. I believe that there is someone here you've been living in bitterness. You were hurt and you have a right to be hungry. But right now, I want you to let go and surrender to Jesus. You are here. I believe you are here because the Lord laid it on my heart. But today is your day of salvation. You can never tell Last Sunday when I was preaching about hell, someone who was here who had an opportunity did not know that something was going to happen even by the week. And when the person called and I was told of that incident, even two people said, ah, maybe it was the reason why the Lord, because it did not happen to him, but it was a warning for him to give to somebody else. He did and they didn't give it to the person and uh, the person has passed on to glory today I don't know much about whatever it is but what I'm saying is that every service may be your last opportunity you know I was saying it last Sunday and it will be as if oh that man is carrying us he's threatening us no what do I have to give 
to gain by doing that. So I want all less power. I want all less power. I want to pray for people right now who wants to say, please, God, remove that bitterness from my heart. I can't let go. I just believe if I join my faith with yours, it will be easier. If you are that person, you want to let go of that bitterness, you want to release it now, lift up your right hand, I want to pray for you. I know you are here, there's no doubt about that. God bless you. And I'm just going to pray for you right now. Father, I join my faith with those ones. Whatever it is, the root of bitterness and unforgiveness that might have defiled them. Lord, they are legitimate, I owe you. But right now, I ask, oh God, joining my faith with these precious ones, let the root of bitterness now be uprooted, Lord. Let the root of unforgiveness be uprooted, Lord. Now, as I join my faith with yours, receive the grace right now to let go. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, I ask that the precious blood of Jesus will purify and wash you and remove every form of defilement from your life. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You are hereby strengthened to forgive and to let go. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Now the second group of people, those who want to give their life to Jesus, who wants to receive forgiveness for their sin, you may be at the viewing center or you're here, you want to say, Pastor, please pray for me. I know I'm living in sin. I know I'm not born again. I want my sins forgiven. I want Jesus to wash my sins away. Wherever you are, you want to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. You don't want to go to hell. You want to say, Jesus, save my soul. I want to identify with your blood. Wherever you are, just place your right hand on your chest right now. Today is your day for salvation. Or you are backslidden, you want to come back to Jesus. Also, place your right hand on your chest. I want to pray for you very quickly. God bless you. I see those hands. I see those hands right now. You are making the best decision today. Now, repeat these words after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I acknowledge that I am a sinner in need of your salvation. I have come to renounce my life of sin. And to, and to receive your salvation, dear yeah, Lord Jesus, please come into my life and be my Lord and my personal Savior. Wash all my sins away with your precious blood, and please write my name in the book of life. From today, I receive forgiveness through the blood of Jesus. I am forgiven I am saved thank you Lord Jesus for saving my soul today in Jesus name Father I thank you for all those ones who have surrendered their life to Jesus there is no one that will come to you that will ever go back the same you said if whoever shall call upon your name shall be saved Lord I thank you for the salvation of their souls thank you for those who have backslidden that have now been restored now, Lord, I commit this once into your hand that it will be rooted and grounded in your kingdom. You will not go to hell. From today, may your life become fruitful. May your life shine. May you show forth the glory of God. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. 
shout a louder amen now i want to pray for every one of you father today lord as we come before this communion table i pray that this communion table will give birth to a miracle in your life every area of your life that you desire a miracle every area of your life you desire healing by this communion receive your miracles today in the name of jesus amen. lord i pray for your people whatever desire for a miracle they have whatever desire for healing right now as you come before this communion table let it turn to a testimony amen let it turn to a testimony amen. in the name of jesus amen. so shall it be for you amen. in jesus precious name we have prayed amen. shout the louder amen we hope you have been blessed by this message for more information please stop our website at www.lgc.ng may god bless you